Jeff Wickwire, heard daily on Bible School Radio 91.3, KDKR, Decatur, Dallas-Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, could we be facing another bear market? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Do have a line open if you'd like to call in and join the program, 1-877-913-5357, 1-877-913-5357. You can also go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. Send a question into the Q&A, which is, uh, you'll find that at the top of the website. Just click through and uh, send us your question, and we'll get you all taken care of. If we can be a resource for you, we definitely want to do so. All at the website, www.prudentmoney.com. 1-877-913-5357. Also, one last uh, area of housekeeping. Make sure that you're signed up for the Prudent Money email letter. And uh, every time we send something out, you will be notified and uh, keep you up to date on what I think is important for you to know. So just sign up for that uh, at the website and we'll get you taken care of. 1-877-913-5357. Well, the market has a lot to digest and a lot to deal with right now. And it's just kind of one of those things. Every, every once in a while you'll see the market dealing with a, you know, a couple things and then uh, have a tough time. Today, it's a little bit more than just a couple of things. There's several things that the uh, markets are dealing with. Now, just because we had a down day today, and just because, just because I, I started off with, could we be in a bear market? I, I want to talk about those two things and tie them in together. First, I want to take a phone call. Let's talk to David and Keller. David, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hi, Bob. Uh, as always, great hearing your show. I really Thank you. enjoy it. Um, the question I had, and I don't know if I missed this, but you were doing a series on how to de-stress from retirement uh, finances. Yes. And I think, think you got the point number four. And I thought there were five points, and I don't know if I missed it or... Uh, I got something messed up there. No, you didn't, and uh, so glad that you brought that up, David. Because I'm gonna actually going to talk about it uh, uh, today, so I'm, I'm going to go over that. But thank you for uh, okay. thank you for the the uh, reminder that because I kept getting to a point where I couldn't finish, and so today though we're gonna we're going to do the impo- the impossible and get done with it. Okay, well I appreciate it. I thought it was the teaser. You just wanted to listen every single day. So. <laughs> it's a good idea. No, hey David, I appreciate your call. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you so much. Okay. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Ed, uh, I appreciate David uh, paying attention to what I was talking about to, to keep the stress level down in retirement. There was a fifth one, fifth, five steps, and the fifth one is the one I wanted to get to. And I think that I was that uh, every time I got to that point, I, I ran out of time. 
I'm not going to do that today. Hopefully, well, I'll say hopefully not. Uh, but I will do uh, try my hardest to make sure we get through to that. Lots, of, lots to talk about today. But just because we have a, ba a down day doesn't necessarily mean that we're heading into a bear market. Uh, don't want to make that that tie-in. But I do want to say, and and this has been a concern of mine since we got through the bear market of last year, which started in January 2022 and ended, well, bottomed in uh, December. Uh, I think, uh, no, excuse me, not December, October the 12th. And uh, my point was that for everything we've been through from a bull market standpoint, that didn't seem like a corresponding bear market to me. So I've been very suspicious of those on Wall Street calling this a brand new bull market when, boy, if this is a bull market, it is not much of one. So it makes me wonder, are we starting back maybe uh, into a bear market uh, formation? Just uh, throwing it out there. And all that, all that means for you, for me, is that we've got to make sure we have got uh, the uh, risk levels of our investments where we want them to be and not uh, too taking a whole lot of risk. I just don't think it's a good idea today. But some of the things that uh, the markets are dealing with, just start off with the with the government shutdown. Somehow, I almost think that's a good thing, but uh, probably not a probably not a good thing. It isn't a good thing, obviously. But uh, government shutdown, they have to get something done by September 30th. The United Auto Workers strike. You know, this isn't getting as much press now. Something just I don't know how you feel about it, but it disturbs me uh, from the standpoint of I just don't think. He has any business doing this. But President Biden showed up at the picket line and joined the employees to picket. He didn't come down there as a way to negotiate a fair deal. I, I don't know. Just not a big, big fan of that, that move. But, you know, what's interesting is the UAW is, is doing a very strategic strike. They started with a small amount of, uh, of employees. Then they built a second layer of employees last Friday. But these were part manufacturers. I think they shut down maybe one or two plants. And that is a problem because if dealerships need parts, at some point they're going to run out. And if all this, this strike is still going on, they're not going to have the ability to get them. Then probably the biggest source of worry is interest rates. And you've got, uh, you know, cars, automobiles, pre-owned. And this strike is also looks like it's going to affect new car sales and then maybe push that interest rate back up a little bit on, uh, on pre-owned cars. But uh, car sales, and of course the big one, home real estate is, uh, looks like it's, it's having problems. Uh, new home sales were down today 9% from a year ago. Uh, the interest rate on the 30-year mortgage, and this, least, this is what I saw in real time, was 7.64%. You got credit cards. Even before the, uh, the latest watching interest rates go up, you still had the highest average on record 
And uh, the interesting thing to me is going to be at some point, people who have credit cards are going to get to a point where they just can't make those payments. And I think that this, this, this show of credit greed by the credit card companies is going to come back on them. Not wishing that by any stretch, just saying I think it's going to come back on them by allowing these interest rates to go up so high. Uh, people get, have a breaking point. And, uh, you know, keep in mind when you look at all that, two-thirds of consumer spending is tied to consumer, uh, two, no, excuse me, two-thirds of economic growth is tied to the uh, customer, uh, excuse me, the consumer spending money. So interesting, uh, interesting times that we are in, and uh, we'll have to just to keep an eye on it. The leading economic indicator is something we're keeping an eye on. And it's a real good measure of what's going on in the economy. It has fallen for 18 consecutive months. Now, if you go back to 1959 and you look at, you look at all of the various things that have happened, only two times has the leading economic indicator fallen for more than 18 consecutive months. 1973 was 22 months. In 2007 was uh, 24 months. Both of those particular series, those, in those instances, resulted in the S&P 500 losing 48% in 1973 and 57% in 2007. Now, granted, that's a small sample size, but I think that what it shows, a couple things that it shows. The first one is, is that this is being stretched out over a very long period of time, 18 months, and which predicts a recession to come in, to play, and we still haven't seen it yet. Now, I would, I would suggest that a lot of that is because of the tinkering and the behind the behind-the-curtain magic tricks that are happening with the Fed that keeps us propped up. But I do think it is something that we want to be aware of and want to make sure that uh, we're keeping an eye on this. The concern for investors is that the leading economic indicators year-over-year year decline, uh, decline strong signal is coming as... Uh, Let's see. Let's, let me go back here. The 19, the year. Oh, here, here's what I was want to. I want to read to you. The year-over-year year decline in the LEI is currently around eight percent, and uh, 1959 it was 3.9 percent, and they th they say anything over four percent or greater has historically always been followed by a recession. Like I said, this one is eight percent. So, you know, there's a lot of little pockets of information. Of course, it's not a little pocket, but that's a, a pretty big one. But there's a lot of pockets of information like that that are calling for a recession. Yet, uh, we, you know, if you look at the numbers and the, uh, what's come out in the, in, in the, you know, CNBC and the Wall Street, uh, we're not even close to it. So you, you wonder how much longer this is going to drag out and how deep of a recession that we're looking at. 
The S&P 500 was down about a buck and a half, one and a half percent. NASDAQ was down a little over one and a half percent, and the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down a little bit better than the other two major indices, down 1.14 percent. So what we're looking for tomorrow is hopefully not any follow-through, but uh, we'll keep you posted on that. one 913 This is Bob Brooks. Stick around. I'll be right back. The word for today is excited to announce the new official online home for the ministry of Pastor Chuck Smith and K. Smith. PastorChuck.org At PastorChuck.org, you'll have instant access to thousands of hours of verse-by-verse teaching by Pastor Chuck Smith from Genesis through Revelation and full access to special messages on subjects such as prophecy and much, much more. Also at PastorChuck.org, a full library of great teachings by K. Smith and a section where you can read some of Pastor Chuck's books online, all free of charge. So visit the new official online home of The Word for Today and the ministry of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith. PastorChuck.org The Ten Commandments are recognized and respected around the world as the foundation of many legal codes. But as followers of Christ, what do these God-given commands mean for our faith and spiritual life? Do they just outline moral behavior? Wednesday on The Verdict, Pastor John Monroe discusses the context and divine purpose for the Ten Commandments. That's Wednesday on The Verdict. The Verdict, weekday mornings at 10.30, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Ever since Eve was handed fruit from a particular tree, Satan has been lying to us, and many have picked up that behavior. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie takes us to the Ten Commandments for important insight on the danger of lying. Tune in for God's top 10 list of instructions this week on A New Beginning. A New Beginning, weekday mornings at 7.30 here on KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. I do appreciate it. Hey, I wanted to jump on in. I'm, in fact, I'm going to kind of rearrange the content that I'm talking about today to do step five. Uh, David, I want to make sure that uh, I appreciate you calling in on that and to make sure that I do get to that. I've, I've been talking about, and we've uh, it took a couple of days to get through the first four steps, but talking about de-stressing, de-stressing retirement. There's just so much retirement stress. I'm talking about anybody that is five to ten years, uh, they have five to ten years ahead of them uh, for retirement and steps that they could be taking. You know, one of the things we talked about last week is that that, that feeling that inflation is just never going to go away. And uh, you got to know that inflation, just like anything else in the economy, is on, is, is, uh, goes on a cycle, and it will not last forever. Now, you got to remember, we've had, uh, what, two or three years of this so far, and during those two or three years, there's a cost-of-living adjustment that does normally happen. So I, I wouldn't suggest that the prices on, on uh, goods and services are going to fall down to pre-pandemic levels or anything like that because they have gone up in price just normally. But I definitely uh, I think the good news about inflation is that, and, and I, have, I've, I haven't had as much good news to talk about, but this I do think is some good news, is that it is stabilized. 
And uh, that's exactly what we want to see happen is that it does stabilize. Now, when we're talking about in this, the risk level, I think this is a very key component in this step number five, how to, to uh, determine that risk level is a very key component to reducing your stress level because, you know, when you start, when you start listening to pop culture finance and uh, Wall Street, they'll tell you, you know, you don't need to change anything. And they'll start, uh, they'll start accusing you of trying to time the market. You could, nobody can time the market. And I would agree, if you do just happen to time the, the market perfectly, then you were lucky. Don't take it any further than that. You are definitely lucky. Unless you can show me five to ten more times where you can perfectly do it, I'm probably not going to be a believer. But it is. Timing the market is, is tough to do. Uh, whether you time it on the upside or time it on the downside or whatever, it is tough to do. I agree with that. But this is not making shifts in your portfolio, changing things up, selling some funds and taking profits is not necessarily market timing. It's it's uh, readjusting for risk. And I think that you've got to look at, first of all, most people's most, uh, we'll, we'll keep it at a very basic level, most people's, uh, the, the largest part of their portfolio is probably going to be found in their 401k plan. So it's simply a matter of looking at how much money do you have invested in stocks versus how much money you have invested in bonds. Now, I, I would be, it wouldn't be right if I, if I acted as if there's an inverse relationship when, when stocks go down, bonds go up. And it used to, it's most of the history will say that's what happens, is that if, if stocks are having a tough time, bonds, money is flowing into bonds, bonds being the more conservative play and a safer place to put your money. The problem, though, that we have this time around right now, and this is, if I, I, I did a study on this for one time, and I did many, many, many years ago, but uh, very rarely do you see both stocks and bonds having a tough time. But you've got to know what bonds to look for, which I'll get to that in just a second. But it, it, it's a very small percentage of time that this happens. But it does come down to... You know, using, you know, stocks, obviously, there's there's different kinds. Most of them, most stock funds are going to act the same way. And because when you get into, when you get into 401k plans, most of your stock funds are all roughly about the same risk level. They give pretty generic stock funds in these, in, in most 401k plans. What you're looking for on the bond side is not your normal bond funds because those have been taking a pretty big beating. In fact, if they continue down the road they're, they're on right now, for the, th uh, for the uh, third year in a row, they will have lost money. And I think this has been really tough for people to, 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 grab, to grasp because bonds are not supposed to lose money, especially like this. But they when you, uh, you'd have to go back over 250 years, you've never seen it in history. Never have seen bonds lose money three times in a row, three years in a row. 
So you got to look for the right types of bonds. And, and fortunately there, and this is no recommendation, please don't take it as this. This just gives you an idea of what to look for. Things could change tomorrow. You know the drill. Not giving advice. The bonds that have done well, have held up, have returned anywhere from 3 to 5% are these short-term government-based bond funds. Short-term. And you can see it within the, you know, if you want to, if you want to be sure that you're looking at the same, looking at the right type of bond fund, you can always call the 401k, the investment company like a Fidelity or a Vanguard who holds your, who will be holding the uh, funds and ask their opinion of it. Another, another uh, word, another type of, of fund is stable value. So you've, you've got to be able to determine let's say that you've located that fund that you're going to use for your bond portion of this formula. You know, maybe it's, you know, always look at the, the uh, stocks as the, the risk engine, the, the, what you're taking for growth, long-term growth and for, or for risk. So if you say, okay, you know, I, I want to I go, let's say, 60-40 and 60% in bonds, 40% in stocks then you're taking, think of it this way, you're taking 40% of the risk of the stock market. Are you okay with that? That's, that's the big question. And unfortunately, 401k plans are really kind of limited as to the selection of funds that they, that they give you. So it's not like you can go through 40 or 50, in most cases, 40 or 50 stock funds and find your lower risk stock funds to use for, for stocks. So maybe you want to take 20% of the risk of the market. So you'd go 20% in stocks and 80% in bonds. You kind of get the idea. Or maybe you're a little bit more aggressive than, than that, and uh, you want to go 60% stocks and 40% bonds. I, you know, I have a lot of conversations with people, and I, this, this one, the, the one conversation that I probably get more often than not is, you know, I want to stay invested for the long term. And I know that the markets go up and down, but they eventually go up. Although that is true, and there's a study that I want to get to tomorrow. I was going to talk about it today, but I'll flip it into tomorrow that you want to listen to on how to interpret that stocks may not be such a great deal over the long term. But that's, that's the, the uh, most people look at it that way. I personally look at it strictly from a risk and reward standpoint. If you're going to take the risk, what's the chances of getting the reward? So if the risk is high and the chances of getting a reward are low, I would want to decrease the amount of percentage that I have in my stock type, uh, stock type funds and increase those with the short-term bonds. Now, is this a fail-safe, always works? No, it doesn't always work. Could it not work uh, for tomorrow, for the next 10 years? Absolutely. So just keep all that in, in mind. Today, that's what seems to be doing okay. And, uh, and you could also go 100% into, uh, into uh, bond, short-term bond funds. Uh, so knowing, your, knowing what your risk level is is so very, very important. If you're going to be... You know, one, one of the things that you want to look at with your, with your uh, stock funds 
is to go back in history, say over the past 15 to 20 years, if you if, if that fund is has that long of history, and see how what's the biggest loss that they've had over 15 to 20 uh, over to 15 to 20 percent or 15 20 years, and see if you're comfortable with that. It really comes down to how comfortable are are the are you with the potential loss. We all know long term that uh, all we have really to grow money is stocks and bonds. And if you're outside of the 401k plan, have all your money in an IRA, there's way more opportunities to do other things than just stocks and bonds, which is the, the, always the advantage of if you have the opportunity to, to move a good portion of your or all of your 401k because you left the company, got fired, whatever the situation might be, that you get it into an IRA because that changes everything because you get way more opportunities that uh, that you can um, uh, have, bring in risk strategies and that kind of thing and and manage the uh, the the uh, retirement money a little bit easier and uh, with with more options than that of the 401k plan. So if you want to hear one through four. Uh, they are on podcast from last week, and so you can go check those out. But I, uh, if you've got any questions about any of that, please, info at prudentmoney.com. I'm serious about that. I want to hear your questions, and I do answer those emails myself. So make sure that you do that. Uh, just go to prudentmoney.com, info at prudentmoney.com, or bob at prudentmoney.com. We'll get you taken care of. This is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at prudentmoney.com and send it in because we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.